everybody, this is Pastor Chad Shapiro from Saba and excited to be able to be here with Pastor Lee hey, Williams. Lee Williams yeah. in the building, let's go. This man is a legend in these Say. parts. And we're a legend. <laughs> <laughs> he's a legend. A in my books, he's a legend. In many people's books, he's a legend. And we're excited to have him here. Um, Lee, I'm just going to jump into it right away just so everybody gets a chance to know you better. Yeah. Maybe talk a little bit about your church, um, where where it is now, what you've got going on, and then we'll catch up a little bit on how you got here. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Chad, for having me. It's a cool opportunity to be here uh, in the studio. Launched church, San Antonio, two years old. Uh, we launched right before the pandemic, and um, we're gathering in our own building over off of uh, Broadway near the airport, area I felt heavily called to go and minister to and um, bring some bring some life to. And so we planted a, a life uh, transformation type church, and our model is about uh, taking lifelong leaders, lifelong learners, and changing them into life-changing leaders. Amen. And so people that join our church are coming to get trained to go make a difference. And uh, it's been an awesome journey Amen. over the last two years. God has been really good to us. Amen. So you yourself, uh, tell a little bit about that. I, I know your father is a pastor in yes. the city. So um, you uh, are a lifelong learner. Yes, definitely lifelong. Is a, definitely is a leader. So yes. uh, talk a little bit about what it's like to grow up uh, underneath the, your dad, uh, pastor, and how uh, God has used that to shape into where you are today. Wow. Well, you know, dad's been pastoring all of my life. And uh, so I kind of was born into this and uh, tried to run away from it. And as much as I could watch dad do his thing for many years, we came in 1984. I was three years old uh, to San Antonio, and he started pastoring Wheeler Heights First Baptist Church. And at that time, we were located on the east side of San Antonio. And I've just watched him do his thing. And at some point, I was like, I don't think I can do that. And God was like, no, that's what I want you to do. And I'm like, no, God, let me be a producer. And he's like, no, pre <laughs> preach. <laughs> I'm like, I like music. Good. Direct a choir. You know, those kind of things. And so every time I tried to back away and choose another way, it just brought me back to it. And it's actually very... Very unique about how our timelines are so closely identical. Um, when I hear my dad's story and seeing how my story is unfolding, a lot of our transitional moments in ministry are very identical uh, in seasons. And so, you know, nobody can do that but God. I'm grateful to follow behind his footsteps. Amen. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of uh, preachers, kids, um, you know, they might be listening or getting a chance to watch this. and mm -hmm. Or even if they weren't preachers, kids. They were hot for Christ one time and just excited on fire for God and then maybe drifted. And then they, they might look at somebody like yourself and think, oh, daddy just gave it to you and you've been on fire ever since. Maybe talk a little bit about that roller coaster ride because I, I don't you think, I mean, I yeah. think it slows a lot of people down. Yeah. We, we, we go from being, yeah. you know, to all of a sudden yeah. disappointed right. and we think nobody else knows what that's like. What that's like, yeah. Yeah, right. nah, that's not the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the truth. Um, you know, growing up as a PK in a Christian home, went to church, loved church, and at some point, um, you know, became disappointed in uh, people and the politics of church. 
and veered away from it far and was like, hey, if this is what happens in there, I'd rather just get it out there where, you know, you expect it to happen. And, uh, you know, not knowing that God was teaching me to love people beyond um, their personalities. And I think that's how we really got to this point of launch because it was like, Mm. we don't pastor people, we pastor personalities. Mm. And I learned that from an early age. And uh, I was very angry. I was angry with God. I was angry with the church. I was angry with my dad. Like, how do you keep being so nice to the people that are trying to bury you? Mm. But I've watched him respond with so much humility, grace, and temperance that it's really what brought me back to the faith um, because dad did not shake. He didn't shift. He didn't force it on me, but watching him go through it and God go with him through it was one of the things that said, okay, I think we can do this again. Mm -hmm. And so that's what brought me back. And uh, once he brought me back, I was like, all right, let's go full fledged with it. Cause if Mm -hmm. we're going to do this, we're going to do this all the way. (laughs) We're not going to have to do it. And I uh, didn't want to be a preacher, but I said, God called me to preach. Yeah. And it's funny because my dad was like, no, he didn't. And yeah. um, But my dad already knew. He says, you know, I was three years old flipping over TV trays and preaching. Uh, mm. They always knew it. But yeah. when I told him, I said, Dad, I think God's calling me to preach. He was like, nah, no, he's not. Go back and ask him again. And I think that was his way of saying, like, hey, son, make sure this is what you really are called to do. Right. And I remember my dad having this very candid conversation with me, Chad. He said... You can be a fireman and quit and nobody will care. Mm. You could be a doctor and quit. Nobody will care. You could be a basketball player and quit. Nobody cares. A lawyer. Nobody will care if you quit. But when you say you're called of God, if you ever decide to quit, nobody will ever understand that. Mm. Because being called for God is not like working in the field of work that everyone else goes to. Mm. And so when I said I was called of God, he was like, go make sure because you can't quit. Wow. And that meant a lot to me because yeah. I'd already quit church. Mm-hmm. So it was like, what mm-hmm. else is going to hurt me that'll make me say I'll quit the call? Right. And uh, man, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, when you said pastoring personalities, what do you mean by pastoring personality? That's an interesting statement. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> you mean you can't just pastor everybody the same, the same no, way? What? No, no. <laughs> nah, not at all. You know, we don't, again, we don't, we don't deal with people. We deal with purposes and personalities. Uh, Scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's Mm. people. Mm. But principalities, personalities. Mm. Uh, When you're dealing with a person, you may feel like you know a person. When I met Chad, I'm like, man, it feels like I met Chad all my life. Mm. But really, I just resonated with his personality. There was something about him that that got in tune with me. And so sometimes we see that in church life as well. Where we see certain things that look familiar, we get angry with a person. It's not really the person, it's the personality. When we learn how to manage personalities, then we'll learn how to love people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. Well, that's so good. Uh, that's probably how you do it. I was going to say you have some very deep uh, relationships I see within your church. The people love you, you love them, and that's is that where that comes from? Yes. You know, like, uh, um, what happens when when you get hurt? Because obviously, I'm sure not everybody's perfect. So you just still the grace. Walk us through that some more because church hurt um, mm-hmm. often uh, happens from a pastor on down, but obviously the people. 
uh, it's hard. So, some people are harder to love than others. Right. You know, so again, mm-hmm. just keep on there. Absolutely. You and, you know, no one ever talks about, you know, church hurt from the pastor's perspective. We always deal with it from the pew right. or the people perspective. But what happens when you've given your time, your energy, and sometimes your resources to a person, and then they turn around and, you know, smack you in the face? Mm-hmm. And you got to turn the other cheek and still get up, you know, Sunday and preach this inspiring word that's not based upon people, but based upon the power of God, the love of God. And we've built our, my wife and I talk about all the time, we built the framework of our ministry. Our leadership style is very relational. Mm -hmm. And so we do that with this idea like, hey, we've got to deal with these personalities. How do we manage this group of people? How do we manage that group of people? And when there is betrayal, when there is a lie. When there is deceit, when there is theft, when there is dishonor, what do you do? You empty. We found ourselves getting to a place of emptying our heart regularly. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time in prayer, and that's where we empty our heart at the altar and just say, God, this is all the stuff that could contaminate me doing this your way so that my personality doesn't get in the way. Can you please just take this from my heart? Mm-hmm. And uh, we empty our hearts a lot, and uh, it takes that. And I think one of the things we're missing in this millennial generation and even in this post-pandemic season is the the camaraderie amongst pastors who have feel like they have a safe place to empty their hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's a person I empty my heart to. Mm-hmm. I've got maybe one or two other pastor friends I'll empty my heart to. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, nah, I don't mm-hmm. know if I can trust my vulnerability mm-hmm. with you there. And then we get forced into this isolation piece. Mm-hmm. And isolation um, brings about stagnation because mm-hmm. if you suppress it all, eventually you're either going to get shaken up like a soda can and explode, mm-hmm. or you're just going to be, be buried up under all of these mm-hmm. things that you just won't empty your heart of. And so over the last year, um, 2020 was a really rough year for us. And after we got out of 2020, we just realized like, we're not going to carry anything. Mm-hmm. If something, if something makes us uncomfortable, if something hurts us, if something challenges us, we're going to try within a week to really get that out of our yeah. system mm-hmm. so that we can continue to love people yeah. without some type of, yeah, right, you know, yeah. reservation. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, it, it, it's, that's the same you spoke from a pastor's perspective, which is so true, but I really think that's what's going on with everybody, right, mm-hmm. to some extent. And, Absolutely. And it makes it hard for the church sometimes to grow authentically because people are on guard, they're isolated, they, especially now maybe because of COVID, they mm-hmm. aren't used to connecting to the body very well. Right. And so all of a sudden they're on their own. What would you say to those people that are maybe a little unchurched or uh, one foot in and one foot out? <laughs> <laughs> What's that thing? Do the hook, shake it all about. Right? <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> but, but the one foot, one foot in, one foot out, because yeah. it makes it, it's hard for them too. What would right. you say from a, a congregant perspective? From a congre- congregant perspective, I was doing my daily devotional this morning. I read Psalms 122. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And uh, that scripture just in verse number one made me sense something. And I put out a post on our uh, church page that said, find you a safe place, mm-hmm. find a safe place to seek him, serve him and uh, and a safe place to show your gladness about him. Mm-hmm. 
um, the pandemic restricted us to homes, uh, solitude. And now we're have gotten so comfortable being in our caves and behind our cameras there's we've lost this need for community mm-hmm. and um so even though there was this social distancing thing that we learned to do we can't become spiritually social distanced from our community the book of acts talks about building community God's love was always about building community. Jesus came to build community. And so for those that are disconnected, I would just want to encourage you to find you a community that you feel safe with Mm -hmm. and then serve and share and submit. I know that's a word that we don't like to really deal with, but, you know, that comes with serving and sharing once you're part of a uh, a community Um, statement. I'm I'm doing some writing right now. One of the things I'm dealing with is what is the cost of being a part of a community? And the simple answer is commitment. Can you see yourself recommitting to a community, building relationship, building rapport, having a responsibility for bringing in others because of your commitment to building the church through community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some would say, Hey, I, I love God. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, but me and God, we can go over here and I don't have to worry about all of that over there. Right. Um, what would you say to, to that? <laughs> getting deep, getting deep, getting deep. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love God. I can pray at home. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Church at home. I'm I, have, I have church at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I can take communion. I can some, take communion. Crackers. crackers and some. Yeah. Some Welch's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll get the sparkling grape yeah, this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's try grape this time. Yeah. Grape yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oystered crackers instead of saltine, you know, yeah. um, you know, I, I encourage people to, put on the mind of what this was really all about. Think about it. When God created the earth, he created a community before he created a temple. And then people be like, well, I don't need, I don't need church because we are the church. Right. But if you are the church, what was the church responsible for doing? And so, yes, you can take God and yes, you can study at home and yes, you can pray at home by yourself to him. But what benefit is that when you're really living out the purpose of what it means to be a walking, living, breathing church of God? Mm -hmm. Not an address, but an assignment. Mm -hmm. Do you have an assignment? And if you have an assignment, then go fulfill your assignment and quit tripping about the address. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, yeah. because so that's really what it's all about. Yeah, so good. I love the way you pastor you know, the people in the church, the personalities, individual hearts. In today's day and age, 2022, you know, you got the metaverse, cryptocurrency, NFTs. How do you reach people outside the four walls with all this digital stuff going on? What's What are some of the things y'all do? One of the things we're, we're building into is just creating content that mm-hmm. is specific for those people wow. who, and I have three words that I use, distant, um, disabled, or disengaged. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that are staying home. Right. Either you're distant, mm-hmm. 
meaning I love your church, but I'm in another city, another state. Right. You're disabled. I love your church, but I have no way to commute to your church. Disengaged. I think I want to know more about God, mm. but I'm not ready to commit to a church. So how do we create content mm. that engages the consumer mind that fits what is on the dynamics of their six inch telephone screen mm. or their 70 inch big screen television. It has to look something like right, that. Right. Um, showing people the inside of your church sanctuary is not attractive because that's not what they're seeing when they're watching and binge watching Netflix, Hulu, right. Disney Plus, HBO Max, Stars, whatever it is. This looks more like what we're doing right now, sitting out having some open conversation and dialogue that connects them to Christ, but also builds this idea of I need a community relationship. How does my content serve that? If all of my content is based on preaching and pulling people back into the sanctuary. I'm missing a huge dynamic of individuals who can make a difference if we give them content specific to where they are and encourage them to do something where they are, uh, take an action. So if I'm going to produce a conversation, then at the end of our 30 minute conversation, our 15 minute conversation, my, my one minute TikTok video, let me ask you to take an action. Right, right. Because some form of action is what's going to build your spiritual DNA, not just you hearing it, but be hearers and And doers doers. of this word. So how do we create content that entices you to not just hear me, but do something because you heard me? Mm. And I think our churches are really struggling with that dynamic right now. Amen. That's great. So that takes us to the future. Like, where, where do you see, where are you... What kind of gets you excited now? I know you mentioned Houston and Dallas and online and and, and the future. What is? I'm excited about the future because I believe that the future allows many churches to have many churches. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Ignite now can be in five places at one time. Mm -hmm. Pastor Chad can be speaking to Mm -hmm. seven different states at one time. Uh, This idea that I can build a community that congregates together in a facility, but I also can build communities because maybe you believe in our mission and now you're inviting people to your home. So like, I see the axe model coming back around again. Mm. I feel like we're coming full circle. We're going to come back to this home church, Mm -hmm. uh, mission groups, revivals about to break out. That's what I'm really excited about, that revival's going to break out. Over the next three years, these buildings are not going to matter because we'll put church wherever people Mm -hmm. are receptive. Mm -hmm. And so um, if if we can strategize and systematically create content and uh, that that causes people to want to be a part of this movement, yeah. then we can put churches wherever people are receiving the word. Yeah. Peter just went out and preached one message. Jesus yeah. Christ was resurrected. Yeah. Ooh, and he kept doing that and yeah. it kept growing. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited because I see the men coming back to church. Yeah. Yeah. And the church was built off of the strength of men. Mm. And so even in this season, we have an opportunity to grab men and put men back in their rightful place of leading mm. their homes to Jesus. Jesus, mm-hmm. leading their homes. Um, mm-hmm. Acts talks about 
about it. The jailer who was watching Paul and Silas was going to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. He says, don't harm yourself. We're here. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Mm-hmm. Hey, be believe and be mm-hmm. baptized, yeah. you and your whole house. Mm-hmm. And the next the next scene, him and his whole house are being baptized. Mm-hmm. Not because the wife drugged the children in the church while he watched mm-hmm. football, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. because he had a responsibility yeah. to leading this revival by yeah. saying, in order for me to do revival, it, be- it begins in my home. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited about what's about what not even what's not about to happen, what's already happening mm-hmm. uh, with us coming back. Um, I want to make sure that I say this. Let's not in the effort to becoming a future church, let's not forsake the first church. Because the first church is our real model. model, I I love Rick Warren. I love Purpose Driven. But the first church is in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Acts. Mm -hmm. That's the model, the biblical model of how we ought to be doing this thing. Amen. So good. How can people find the Launch Church or how can people get connected with you? And any uh, Anything you want to say to the audience, the online content? You got to get connected with my man. He, <laughs> Come on. You got to. Come now on. you know. Don't connect to me. No, connect, no, to get, get, you know, <laughs> connect to Christ. Connect to Christ through him. Connect to Christ yeah, through Don't him. connect to me. Yeah. Connect to Christ. <laughs> but now you know, okay, because this is why we're so excited to get you in here. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love this. I lo- man, this is an amazing experience. I, I yeah. dreamt of this, yeah. and uh, this is cool. I'm looking forward to creating more mm-hmm. uh, life-changing conversations and content in this area at uh, Saba Studios. And uh, But, you know, they're trying to get me to pub me. I want to pub San Antonio Baptist <laughs> Association. Appreciate it, but you deserve <laughs> it. And, and the visionaries. <clears throat> excuse yeah. me. And the visionaries and those that worked hard to create this dynamic and uh, are creating affordable ways for every church to be able to create content that matters mm-hmm. in this post-pandemic yeah. era. Uh, Launch Church, 9200 Broadway, Suite 131, San Antonio, Texas, 78217. You can find us online, uh, Launch Revival, 210 on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, you can find me at L.A. Williams X. And then the number three on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, if you like some inspirational pointers, I have just started my recent blog called Purpose Pointers. And you can Mm. find me on PurposePointer.com and uh, read some inspirational blogs that ought to push you to activate your purpose and live in the fullness of God. I got to go sign up for that. That's amazing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's Lee Williams, Sabbath Studios. We're signing off. Any last words, guys? No, just grateful for you. Love you, man. Grateful. Grateful for you all. Thank you, my brothers. I love you all. Yes, sir. Amen.